0: Seasons are seasons for following Jesus, but this is an important season to follow our Lord. This is the season of Lent, these uh, days leading up to the grand and holy day that is Easter. We, we consider all that God has done through His Son, Jesus, uh, during this season. We seek to walk in His steps. Now, that's a, a lot to say. Uh, it's, it's certainly a, a challenge uh, in, in, a, in a lot of ways, uh, but we are called to walk in those steps, to, to follow uh, Christ uh, during the last week of his life. And so we uh, will make effort to do that uh, here over these uh, next few weeks as we seek to walk in his steps. Uh, we'll be, uh, be doing that uh, as we study pointedly uh, from the Gospel of John. Uh, we'll be uh, starting at uh, chapter 12 as we move our way through uh, to the end of the book. We'll be uh, walking in in Christ's steps during the last week of His life, and so we uh, we look forward to this study of John. Let me uh, let me say that we do have uh, study guides uh, to uh, to go along. They're they're really formed to help small groups. Uh, who, that meet weekly uh, to have a, a, a point of reference in our study. And so we, uh, we encourage you to pick up one of those study guides. They're uh, just outside the, the, the uh, worship space here uh, on, the, on the table. If you're a small group leader, you need to get enough of those study guides for your small group. All that being said, we, we hope to put our focus not only during our worship, but also in our time of uh, group together, even in our individual study, uh, to uh, focus on this last week of Christ's life as uh, found in the Gospel of John. And so today we uh, concern ourselves with uh, what went on in the upper room, uh, what, um, uh, what important things take place there. And again, we do that through the, uh, through the lens of John as he writes his gospel. And we know that the Gospel of John takes a a broader view when it comes to things that went on in the upper room that night that Jesus was betrayed. While the Last Supper is uh, not as prominently mentioned as it is in the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and and Luke— we do find that Christ's desire to teach and to offer as example what it means to be a servant really is part of that, uh, part of that, uh, that narrative. And so uh, we uh, read about uh, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. It is in John's Gospel where we find the account of, of Jesus kneeling before his disciples and taking that role of a servant. By so doing, Jesus offers a supreme, supreme example of what it means to be a servant leader. On the surface, the story seems uncomplicated. Yet we know from inference and also from from just uh, just as the the word presents itself that there is a lot going on around that table. Judas has betrayal on his mind. James and John are are concerned about where they're going to be seated, whether they're going to be at the left or the right of Jesus, which were those uh, seats of, of honor. Uh, the rest of the disciples sensed that something was going on, that something was up. They did not want to admit it, but they, they knew that the end just seemed to be near. Jesus and his disciples re- reclined on on couches around a low table, just like the one Ashley showed us on Ash Wednesday. You'll see it up on the slide here in just a moment. Uh, the disciples' uh, feet were, were extended. They propped themselves up for the most part on their, uh, their left elbow, and that freed up their right hand so that they would be able to eat. So the, the table was much different than uh, what we generally understand as a table. We're usually seated and upright, and and, uh, here they were more in uh, a reclining posture. Customarily, a household servant would wash the feet of the guests before dinner. Washing the feet was very much a matter of hospitality. Jesus and his disciples did not have any servants, so they were left to do that themselves. And it never dawned on the first disciple to do uh, that act of hospitality. That would be much too demeaning. So amid the clatter of the dishes and the smell of the food, Jesus got up, he took off his outer garment, he wrapped a, a towel around his waist, and he poured water into a basin. And he began to wash his disciples' feet. So let's read that account. We, we read it in John chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, and then verses 12 through 7. Let's uh, hear this account in the upper room from the Gospel of John. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. It came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, "'Unless I wash you, you have no part with me.' Then, "Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, "'Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well.' When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. "'Do you understand what I've done, done for you?' he asked them. "'You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher,' have washed your feet, you also should should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So this then is God's holy word. may it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this word read, but as we make effort now to take our lives and apply them to this word. May God bless us all. I think we learn a lot about Jesus in this passage. Jesus was willing to do what none of the disciples were open to doing. As some have said, The disciples were ready to fight for a throne, but not a towel. They were more concerned about where they were seated around the table than seeing to the needs of those who were around the table. Jesus was concerned about the needs of those around the table, and that became quite evident as he took off that outer garment, as he placed a towel around him. And as he went one by one, kneeling before those disciples, washing their feet, Jesus was all about serving others. And he would go to any lengths to to see to the needs of others, even if that meant dying on the cross, not only for those who lived in his time, but also for all time, including our own. When it comes to having a servant's heart, Jesus is the quintessential example. He is the quintessential example of one with a servant's heart. In fact, Jesus himself says in Luke twenty-two twenty-seven about himself, I am among you as one who serves. I am among you as one who serves. In our passage for today, he says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Who are we to think that we should not do as he did when it comes to serving? And in regard to service, Christ's whole life was uh, a lesson of service. And underpinning that life of service was uh, an attitude of of humility. Paul in uh, Philippians 2.5 says that we need to have the the same heart that was in Christ Jesus— and he's talking about that humble heart that leads to serving. He then goes on in uh, Philippians 2, 6 and 7, and being in the nature of God, Christ did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a, of a servant. Christ, in his humility, then leading to service, didn't count equality with God, anything to, to, to be claimed, but he emptied himself humbly and took on the form of a human being. And in that, he was willing to be obedient even to death on a cross. On the night that, that Jesus washed his disciples' feet, he knelt before each of the disciples in an act of humble service. A sort of posture should be ours as well. I've heard it said, no one stands taller than when they stoop to serve. We are never taller than when we stoop to serve those who are around us. And so the the questions come to you and me. How are we following the example of Christ when it comes to serving other people? How open are you to following Christ's lead in regard to serving, how's that go with you, Mother Teresa? Who is one of the, the the great servants of the 20th century, said this about herself: "I simply want to be a pencil in God's hand." You see, she was was humble enough, uh, obedient enough, faithful enough to where she was willing to let God write a story of service in her life, through her life, through her serving. Mother Teresa was that faithful. She was that obedient. She was that willing to serve. And all of that stems from a humble heart before God and before other people. We sing it a lot in, in here. I, um, I want to live like that. Hear that refrain from that great song. I'm always uh, thrilled when we when we sing it. I, I want to live like that and give it all I have so that everything I say and do points to you. I want to live like that. Albert Schweitzer once said, one thing I know, the only ones among you who will be really happy are those who will have sought and found a way to serve others. Have found a way to serve others. Our happiness is is tied to such things." And Christ is our example. Just as we learn a lot about Jesus and his uh, humble heart, his his lifestyle of uh, constantly being in in service to to one another, we, we also learn a lot about ourselves. And we do that in this passage no more clearly than in Christ's interaction with his disciple Peter. You, you will recall, as we read just a second ago, that, that Peter was quick to refuse Christ's offer to wash his feet. In fact, uh, Peter says defiantly, you will never wash my feet. And it's then that Christ uh, chooses to, uh, to, to, to counteract that, and he has this important dialogue with, with Peter. If you've ever had uh, your, your feet washed, of foot washing, you found that it's quite disarming. I know that I have. For me, it's, it's much easier to wash somebody else's feet than it is to have my own feet washed. I think Peter's uh, reaction to Christ's uh, overture to wash his feet uh, gives us a glimpse into that. I'm of the mind that uh, Peter was overwhelmed with a sense of vulnerability the night uh, Jesus offered to, to wash his feet Peter realized that he was was not as clean as he he thought himself to be while there is no doubt that that Peter's feet needed washing Peter's heart also needed washing Peter needed a, a cleansing of a different sort which would come later upon Christ's death and resurrection from the dead. I'm also of the mind that as Jesus kneels before Peter, that, that Peter gets a sense, a, an overwhelming sense of his unworthiness. He most likely felt that he wasn't good enough to allow Jesus to do what Jesus wanted to do. He was just felt this, this unworthiness before Christ. When it comes down to us, none of us are really worthy for the things that that Christ wants to to do in our lives. Yet that's why we talk all the time about grace, the free gift of God's love. We don't earn our way into God's favor. God's favor is simply given. All of us are unworthy. And even as we realize that, we understand uh, uh, with an overwhelming sense that, that, that it is only by the grace of God that we are able to be picked up in that unworthiness and 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 made whole and, and certainly reconciled to God. You've heard it said, it is better to give than receive. Paul quotes that as coming from the very, uh, very lips of Jesus and In Acts 20, 35, it is better to give than receive. And it is better to give than receive. Christ's desire to wash his disciples' feet, all but seals that. It is always better to give than receive. But it is also a very good thing to receive. In fact, it is critical that we receive that we receive the very things that Christ wants to do in uh, in our lives. It was critical for Peter to receive. There as Jesus knelt before him and prepared to to wash his feet and as the two sort of sort of tangled a little bit. You you're not going to wash my feet. Never will you you do that. And Christ counterpoints that and and Peter then says uh, wash not just my feet but also my my, my head and, and, and my hands. The thing is this. We will never, ever be able to give unless we first receive. Receiving is, is that critical. We'll never be able to give unless we first receive. That's the way it is with love. We are never able to offer love until we are first loved. That's why it's so important for us to open ourselves to the love that God so longs to give us. Because God first loved us, we are then able to turn and love those who are around us, even those who are tough to love. We love because he first loved us. And indeed, Peter needed to come to grips with that. And certainly, uh, we need to do as well. You see, when it came right down to it, Peter needed to receive just what Jesus was offering. He not only needed to have his feet washed, but he needed to let Jesus do everything that he was trying to do in his life. Peter needed to empty himself of all the pride that was keeping him from receiving what Jesus was trying to do. Peter needed to give up his desire to always be in control. And all of us, to a certain degree, uh, tend to hold on to to what's going on to our lives with a degree of control. It just gives us a, a sense of security when really we need to give up that control and give our sense of security to the Lord himself. That kind of thing is always at at play when it comes to us receiving somebody's help. It's tough for us to do that. You know, we have to get pride out of the way. We have to give up a degree of control. You remember what Ashley said a couple of weeks ago when she was talking about uh, people wanting to offer help? She said, when somebody wants to help you, let them do it. Get pride out of the way go of a a sense of control, just just let them give and allow yourself to receive. It is uh, more blessed to give than receive, but it's it's important, if not critical, that we receive so that uh, we might truly be made whole. Jesus knew exactly what Peter needed. He also knows what we need. Jesus knows that we need to, uh, to receive what he is trying to do in our lives. For Peter, what Christ offered in his death and resurrection would, would later help him overcome the guilt that he would so deeply feel upon him having denied Christ three separate times. What Christ offered... And his death and resurrection would help fit Peter for the role of a servant leader that he would take in the early New Testament church. For us, as we receive what, what Christ has uh, offers in his death and resurrection, we find our lives being made whole. We find ourselves being transformed. We find ourselves strengthened to no end. In fact, we find ourselves at the very place that God has wanted us to be all along, in relationship with Him. And as we are in relationship with Him, as we experience His deep love, we are then able to turn and love those around us, if not serve them with a servant's heart. Some years ago, I uh, served on our annual conferences uh, Board of uh, Ordained Ministry, and it was uh, great to be able to help out in that way and to engage um, persons who are coming through to be ordained. And at the, uh, the the end of my time of service, I was uh, given this uh, pitcher and and bowl, and uh, it's always been a, a really prized possession for me. Uh, it sits at the other end of my office, and. Uh, not out of sight, though. I, I, I look at it all the, all the time, and it reminds me to have the, the same sort of servant's heart that uh, Jesus had, not only with his disciples, but with all people. Again, we said Jesus is the, the, the quintessential uh, example of one who had a servant's heart. I also look at this bowl and pitcher, and I, I have to uh, consider my own lives, uh, my own life, rather, Uh, I have to to consider how I feel unworthy, uh, how I need to uh, give up control, how I need to step aside in my pride and let Christ do his thing. In a sense, I I need to let him uh, wash my feet. And not just my feet, but my head and hands also, and certainly my heart. So the pitcher and bowl and towel all through church history has been a a deep and an enduring symbol of the church being a, being a, a church of service within the, the life of the community and world. Uh, each individual taking their place, taking that mantle of servant uh, within the world. And as we have said today, I, and as we have reflected upon Christ's interaction with Peter, it gives us pause to consider our own unworthiness, uh, to consider uh, where we need to be in giving up control, uh, where we need to be in uh, offering ourselves, readying ourselves to receive the very thing that Jesus wants to do in our lives, to let him uh, wash our feet, and not just our feet, but our hands and head as well, even to the place where our heart is cleansed, all on account of what he has done on the cross. and All of that being validated by him emerging from the tomb, rising from the dead, and giving us hope, not only for now, in this present day, but for all eternity. Let's pray together. Lord, we pray that you move in us, that you... uh, work in such ways that we are truly cleansed and made whole. We seek to humbly come before you. And in that which you form in us, Lord, we pray, a servant's heart to where we seek above all things to serve you and to serve others. God, in our unworthiness, may we be struck by your grace. In our desire to to hold fast control over our lives, may we give that up so that we might truly gain. Lord, we uh, we pray, Lord, uh, that you would bless us just now. Do with us what you will. Pray that you um, draw us deeply to that upper room and may we uh, envision you washing our feet and cleansing our hearts and setting us forth to avenues of new service. So, Lord, do with us what you will. May we respond with faith and obedience, trusting in you. God, help us to get out of the way. We pray that our pride would uh, take a back seat to you taking preeminence in our lives. Lord, just as you uh, knelt before your disciples, may it be that we stand tall as we kneel before you, and before one another. This prayer we make in the name of Jesus.